The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. I am so excited to have our guest today. She actually recorded with us before and we had some issues with the quality. So back on today, thanks for coming on. Christine Berry, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad to be in front of your audience, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. Now, you have uh, an organization that you started up, the Dental Diversity and Inclusion Alliance. It's a a bit of a mouthful. The website is dentaldiversityandinclusionalliance.com. Christine, why don't you tell me a little, how did you get involved in, in dentistry? Oh, I got involved in dentistry when I was 17 years old. So I started off as a dental assistant, then went to hygiene school, um, been a, I'll I'll, uh, pretend I was a recovering hygienist, because that's what they say when we leave clinical and and go into operations or practice management or still the oral healthcare field, but not necessarily clinical. But I can't say that anymore because now I'm back in clinical because I re um, got my license in the state that I'm working in right now. So um, I just love clinical care. And throughout my journey, I have been working mostly in the past 15 years in the DSO space, so the dental service organization space. And what I had found from um, my perspective, from a coaching and facilitation perspective, just a lot of questions about, about culture how to create um, an office that has um, inclusion, how can we keep team members so they can feel that they belong in our environment. And so from there, it just kind of led me down a path to look at um, what can we do from an organizational standpoint or from a profession standpoint. There's a lot of work in academia um, around diversity and equity inclusion. And I hadn't seen a lot of that bridge into the clinical practices or what what does that mean to us on a daily basis when we're providing care? So that's that's kind of the the thought process around it. And the alliance is particular, Patrick, because I'm not an expert on everything and I don't want to be. So the alliance is beautiful because when I'm working with an organization or a dental practice, whatever their needs are, like a regular needs assessment, um, if I'm not the person, I can refer out and recommend someone else. So that's what's kind of the beauty of, of bringing that, you know, bringing that to the space. Yeah. So let me ask you this question that you have on your website on the services sections, you have a DEI mm-hmm. assessment and strategy. What is DEI? I have no idea what that is. At least um, I don't think I yeah, so, no, no, actually you do. I mean, it's um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, you could also have um, some people want to talk about social responsibility and justice, but for those three things, so diversity, and we can take that, that could be a three hour podcast, um, but basically from a diversity standpoint, it's just difference in not only our appearance, right? Obviously gender, you and I, right? Male, female, easy diversity right there. Um, um, Ethnic background, easy diversity. Um, Dental school background, regional background. I'm originally from the Northeast and now I'm in the South, right? So that's going to be a diverse, um, you know, background as well. So it's just looking at the diversity. Um, Equity, treating people not necessarily the same, but treating people and looking at what their needs are, especially from a team member perspective and what else can I 
clear the pathway for or put into place so that employee can succeed or that doctor can succeed in that environment once he or she graduates. Um, and then inclusion, just what I mentioned before. Um, it's, it's a little bit more about just smiley faces and, you know, thumbs up. It's just how can we really create a culture that people's voices are heard, people feel seen, they feel respected. And nowadays they want to stay. They want to stay in your environment and they want to contribute to the highest level to the patients that you serve. Right. And which I'm, I'm guessing is going to lead into kind of our subject today. And the question that I always ask our guests, that's what helps uh, dental practice owners and, and people in management and offices grow. What are some of the big challenges that you see people having? Now, I know the simple answer is going to be, hey, keeping team members. And that's a big part of what you're helping dentists do. But on a broader scale, what are some of the big practices? big problems that dental practices are having right now that they're talking to you about? You know, from, I really, I want to get more from the root cause or from, from the meta perspective, I really find one of the challenges in, in oral healthcare right now, and I'm going to call it the Sunday sads. Mm. Um, and it's, it's when you have, have you heard Sunday sads before? No, but I, I think I have an idea where you're going. I, I, the sads I get is when I've been on vacation for a couple of days and had a high level of relaxation and fun, and then I leave that environment and come back to my work environment. I'm assuming it's something like that. Yeah? Exactly. Exactly. It's when you have either PT, paid time off, you have your vacation, or even a weekend or your three days off, and they're not rejuvenated. Um, you, you don't feel um, rejuvenated. Um, yeah. You don't feel like your bucket's been filled. And you're going back into the clinical environment or you're going back into the work environment. And that I find is a, is a theme. Um, it's, it's something that a lot of the practitioners are um, talking about, especially from a doctor owner perspective, because their leadership, they're holding the space for so many people within their practice. And when you're dealing with humans on a daily basis, that's an emotional toll, right? So they have a lot going on from that perspective. And what I'm finding is that, and it kind of lead into one of your, and I'm going to circle back into your, one, of, one of the questions that you're probably going to ask me at the end, um, is that when you're, when the doctors are dealing with all that, they have this, we all have a zone of genius, right? We all know what we love to do. I, I went into clinical hygiene. I'm back into clinical hygiene because I wanted to serve patients. I wanted to create the optimum health. Um, and now it's not only oral health, it's total health, right? So but I know where my areas of expertise are. And so what I find that sometimes with the Sunday SADs, it's because they're coming into an environment that they have so much else coming at them besides patient care, that it's just overwhelming. Right. And the same thing with the team member, they may, their capacity may be at max too. So it's, that's what I'm finding. And then from there, you pull it back to depending on what the position, the systems, how can we help alleviate that? How can we create that capability? What can we delegate and refer out <laughs> um, and that type of thing? So let's talk about Does that answer it specifically or too general. No, I think that's really I, I think it's general, but we're going to get specific here in a second. Um, I think it's a real thing. Obviously, I think everyone would agree with you. That's a real thing for most yeah. practices. Monday mornings, it's a struggle to get into it. And people might say, hey, the grind, the rat race, the whatever it may be. So that's the problem. How do we change it? What are some things that you can do to fix that with inside your practice? Well, no, no easy answer, right? Um, and I think that step one is acknowledging that there's an issue, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying from a from a you know a global perspective across dentistry dentistry and and really get air you know get um, 
big picture, but just from your practice, you know, you can even look at your um, retention rates or your cancellation rates for Monday morning patients, right? You can look at your um, employees who may show up on Mondays and who may not, right? Um, or calling out sick, right? There, there are some tangible, and I always want to bring this back to return on investment and numbers and statistics, because if we're not measuring it, we're not going to be able to get that, um, close that gap and know that we're actually proceeding. Sure. So there's, there's tangible numbers that we can look at it. Outside of the fact, the subjective feel that it just may suck going back into the practice from a leader perspective or your team perspective. So, so that's there. So once you've identified, say, so you know, you know what, I, I've got to address this. Um, I want to pretend I have an amazing culture, but something, or maybe I did, and something's just off. So one of the, and I'm going to say this, and I want people to, you know, to stay, um, stay with me because it's really key to look at your culture and do a culture assessment. Finding out exactly what your team members are thinking, feeling, uh, maybe even talking to your patients. And again, it's a systematic approach. It's not a heavy lift. It's really not a heavy lift. And most of the time, the results are what the doctors or the management already know, but they just needed to see it and present it in a different way. And then we can put some strategies around it to, to address it. Yeah. In my experience, I think the number one reason why people don't want to do that type of an assessment with their employees and with their with their patients because they're afraid of what they're going to say. It's kind of like to stick in your head in the sand and I get that. But what is a good way to do that? What is a non-threatening way for both your patients and your team members to um, do that assessment to, to find out more? Well, the, the the easiest or simplistic way is is just even to use utilize a um, an online platform like SurveyMonkey, for example. Oh. I know there's plenty of other out there, um, but just throw that one out there. And um, it, it can be even free. Ten questions um, anonymously sending up to your team members. I, yeah. All you need to do is have everyone's individual personal email addresses, right, and ask them to fill it out. Um, same thing with patient with patients. Now, obviously, from patients, they know it's going to come from you, but it can still be anonymous, right? Um, if you again, depending on what the culture is and, and what the heat of the culture is, um, you can have an out, outside person, you know, monitor that inbox and kind of do your own assessment and bring that back to you, um, or you can take care of it yourself. So there's that's I mean, just basic, just finding out, just listening um, initially. I love also the call like listening interviews or stay interviews. Um, once you do that initial 10 or 20 question survey for your team, you can also have someone sit down with each team member for 10 or 15 minutes and ask them a series of the same questions um, to get that feedback as well. And you can do the yeah. same thing with patients, right? You can have a Friday night or Tuesday afternoon cocktail or mocktail hour and, and invite, you know, 20 patients to show up and ask them those same questions. Hmm. The key, Patrick, is if you are going to spend any type of energy around this, is to do something about it, right? right. So yes, you're gonna you're gonna notice just on you know the aspirin effect or the placebo effect that just by having these conversations with team members, it's gonna start changing the culture because the team can be like, oh, he or she actually really cares. The real icing on the cake is when you, they see you implementing something, and that's right. when they you know and 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 being honest if they can't. So if they're asking, oh, we need a full, you know, another CAD cam or we need all this equipment. And you're like, okay, reality, I can't do that. But even just right. saying that and saying, hey, I hear you. What can we do to get there? It, it's, it's again, it's there. There are basic um, things that we can all do to, to bring this forward. But not, again, yeah. not everyone has, it's not in their wheel of, um, of, of um, things that they may want to do. And that's when you may either have to look inside your organization. Can someone help and has the capacity to do this? Or do you have to work with someone else? 
Awesome. So I've got a last question for you here in just a second. I want to have our audience check out the website again, Dental Diversity and Inclusion Alliance. Um, check it out. A lot of great information on there. Some uh, definitely yeah. some, some rabbit holes you can get into and a, a lot of learning. Um, let me ask you this last question. There's so much going on with uh, in the workplace. Times are changing rapidly. What um, used to be okay in the workplace isn't what um, used to, you know, help uh, employees thrive, isn't working anymore. Um, mm. Again, it's changing really fast. So I think, you know, and I'll, I'll just say this a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago, I went to find a book like, hey, how to lead and how to manage millennials. I couldn't find a book on the subject there. It just didn't exist, right? It just literally didn't exist at the time. And I thought, man, I wish I could learn this. I could write the book and, and become a multimillionaire. Um, but a lot of resources do exist. When you're looking for help navigating these very fast changing um, waters, um, how do you find that expert to help you with that? What's a, what's a way to vet someone to, to work with? Yeah, so so first of all, you know, kudos for you to actually searching because um, I think there's a lot of um, leaders out there who are stuck with it in their own, um, swimming in their own pool and won't reach outside for additional resources. Sure. So, uh, and that's, and, and that's real. Um, and, and one of my favorite um, resources is, is the book from um, uh, Marshall Goldsmith. I believe it's Marshall Goldsmith. It's what got you here won't get you there. And the ti- that's the title. So you can Google it. Um, but that is just for, for a mindset shift, because no matter what you're talking about, the level of success you have now and what you did to get there. Like you mentioned, it's such a volatile, you know, um, environment. That's not going to be what you're going to need to get you to that next level. So, but we all need to understand that, that we have to step outside our comfort zones. So that's number one, the, right off the bat, that book, I just, I love to recommend to everyone. And I probably read it once a quarter just to stay in my own mindset. Um, and then secondarily, I'm going to, I'm going to do a shameless um, plug for my website because I am going to be creating within the next, probably the next 30 days, more of a resource. So depending on what category that you may want additional sources and help from, you can go and just kind of click it and have that type of, um, you know, um, exploration into seeing what you want. And also, if there's a topic that someone wants to be connected to, they can always just email me. And, um, you know, it's easy. It's Christine at ChristineBerry.com. So it's Christine at Christine, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. B-E-R-R-Y.com. Just ask me a question and I can go ahead and help them out as well. Love to help your audience. Great. Thank you so much for being here today. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And I hope you feel better. Thanks so much.